Pastor David, you got an idea about reaching out to the community, and it started off, I understand, with thoughts about Jeep owners. Tell us about this. Yes, sir. Uh, I'm always trying my hardest to find new ways in which we can engage our community in non-aggressive ways. For so many years, we as church folk have done kind of a disservice where uh, we've made evangelism more about selling a product than surrendering to a Savior. And so surrendering to a Savior should be a lot easier um, versus going to some stranger's door to sell some product or some outline or something like that. And so in the Jeep community, I learned that there is this love language with rubber ducks, uh, where if you're a Jeep owner, you take a rubber duck and you place it on someone else's, on a Jeep owner's hood. And when that Jeep owner comes out, they see that rubber duck and they just feel encouraged. They know someone's thinking about them. And then in turn, they take one of their ducks and go to another Jeep. So whenever I heard about this idea, Richard, I was thinking, how can we use this to introduce people to Jesus? You know, this is a very non-aggressive, that's a key word, non-aggressive, intentional way to love our community with the gospel. And so what we did were, well, we bought 500 rubber ducks, and then we put like a QR code and a URL on the rubber duck and uh, had them all on our stage and asked folks if they could uh, grab some ducks. And that following week, if they run into, if they see, if they identify a Jeep, put that duck on a Jeep. And don't talk to the owner, just, just go on, because that's, that's how you do that. And we have received so much feedback from Jeep owners. The National Jeep um, Christian Association has contacted us. And, uh, but more importantly, our, our community has been overwhelmingly positive. Uh, we actually have several folks that are now attending our church um, due to this um, because they want to be a part of a very friendly, um, non-aggressive type church that just absolutely loves Jesus. So did any non-Jeep owners get a, a duck planted too? <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. You know, <laughs> so, so we still had uh, non-Jeep owners get a duck on their hood, uh, and I'm sure they were pretty confused about what was happening. So <laughs> because this is a Jeep community thing, the directions were real clear, but, but we still every once in a while would have somebody just planted on like a Chevrolet diesel, you know, something, you know, whatever. And it, it just <laughs> it might not have translated, but if they followed the URL, then they would have went to a splash page on our website that would have experienced, uh, they would have had the interpretation of what was going on. Yeah. Were you surprised this, this duck idea took flight? <laughs> Great wording. Uh, yes and no. Um, at the heart of this, Richard, is servant evangelism. Um, again, as I said the, uh, earlier, uh, church people are very apprehensive at times when it comes to the word evangelism um, because it means saying some outline to a stranger. And so I'm always trying to think of some idea that deaccelerates our anxiety, something that can be fun, easy, that's not aggressive, that clearly explains the gospel. And so one of my first things, Richard, is to do something that helps set a culture of evangelism, that when our people think of evangelism, they get excited. They want to do it, and they want to do more of it. That's actually one of our only complaints this trip is that we didn't get enough ducks. We had 500. They want more. And so, um, so we're setting that culture where people in our church are very excited for the next evangelism process. And then the servant evangelism process, obviously reaching people for Christ, the lost, the unchurched, and the de-churched. Um, my goodness, the response 
has been overwhelming. So we've done many servant evangelism things in the past. Um, yeah, we've seen some great results. So not real surprised with the uh, with the embracing of of the rubber ducks. Now, you use the term dechurched. Uh, tell us, you know, about that. What you're seeing? Yeah, there's a um, there's a demographic of individuals that either have been raised in church, have had church experience, and um, and they they have been hurt. Um, they've had a negative experience, um, and sometimes, and unfortunately, they have defined uh, their relationship with Christ on their relationship with a broken humanity that's that's really filling a church. And so these folks do not go to church. They have got experience. They're very well versed in what church life is like, but yet they've had a really negative experience. So servant evangelism is a way that our church is able to kind of help start to repair some of that brokenness and pain that some people have, have experienced. And really when a de-church person comes and they've identified like, hey, I've had some bad experience, it, it takes some some love and some care, you know, uh, to help folks kind of unwind on, on like, wow, we're sorry you had a bad experience. Um, but, man, Jesus has something totally different for you. And that's kind of our so, job, Richard, is to make sure we, we're those kind of folks. So when you, you yourself start talking to someone uh, about Jesus, about the message of Christ, the eternal life, and so forth, where do you generally start? Well, usually, whenever someone uh, I engage someone, I usually try to start where they are. There's a young lady uh, at at a, at a Walmart that I saw serving people, helping people, and I was in line for her to help. And I had my kids with me, and I asked them to watch me because I knew I was going to share the gospel with her. And uh, she um, she was just not having a good day, not having a good day. And so I noticed that she had some ink on her arm, you know, a tattoo. And uh, if you're pro, not whatever tattoo, that that's not my point. But what my point is, when somebody has ink on their arm, it really means something to them. So I asked her, man, what does that mean? You know, does that does that mean something? And she was like, really, what? And she wasn't really having any positive conversation, bless her heart. And, and she asked me, you know, am I, am I only there to judge her and, you know, be mean to her? I said, no, no, no. I just really wanted to know because you, um, you know, you got that on your arm and it obviously means something. So she told me this story that used to mean something good and then turned something negative. And at that point, Rich, what I did was, was I, I, I introduced her to a name that could change that permanent mark on her arm to a very positive healing mark on her heart, which is Jesus. So really, I just start where people are um, and then go from there. So you really customize that? Yes. Yeah, in every situation, you got to meet people where they are because that's what Jesus did for me. Uh, and that's what he expects of me to do for everyone else. Wherever they are, that's where we have to go uh, to be able to share that love of Christ. And life has been very unusual for several years across the country and the world for the most part because of the pandemic, and we've had social unrest, and now the economy is kind of questionable. How can faith in God bring a, a sense of at least peace to someone? Mm. Hmm, Richard, the stability that we don't find in our culture, um, as you and I know, can be found in Christ. That stability that is not found in, in the market, not found in some of our professions, not found in some of our relationships, um, that stability 
of hope and love. And here's another word, healing, uh, can be found in a relationship with God. I know this personally, but I've also seen so many people um, through a rocky marriage or through a very tough um, career choice or what have you, um, be able to surrender their life to the Prince of Peace. And uh, it is Jesus uh, that's able to set a stabilizing course uh, for all of his followers. Um, it's one, li- one thing, Richard, to do life without him. It's a whole different thing to do life with him. Do people tend to get the idea about the concept of eternal life, or is, is that a hard thing to soak in? I think a lot of folks, if they're drowning in sin, there's this immediate gratification of help and need. Um, and a lot of times you've got to help people right there. Bishop John Taylor once said, a hungry man has no ears. And so we have to help that hunger, that immediate need sometime so that they can catch a breath, you know, catch a breath through all the travesty and devastation and the hurt and the pain, catch that breath so that they can consider some of the greater things of the world. I'm not, I don't think um, anyone's a miss of eternal things or ideas. I think a lot of folks struggle with that. But every day, man, there's so many struggles that it's very easy to get distracted with the current issue facing me right now. And so the job of the church uh, is to present a Jesus that not only solves the eternity issue, but can also be heaven right now. Not only do you receive heaven in the hereafter, but you can receive heaven right now. All right. Pastor David, I really appreciate you sharing your heart with us. Richard, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for letting me talk.